yeah, this past weekend, I was at a member guest in Owensboro, and I just went in to look at the bar, see what they had. And on the top left corner, they had a bottle of Vintage Rye 21, and I was like, hmm, that's weird. <laughs> just half, halfway <laughs> drink. actually seen that? Or? <laughs> yeah, and so it was like open bar, and I was like, is that part of open bar? And they're like, oh, yeah, everything's open. And they're like, you sure you want that? Nobody's drank that in like 15 years. <laughs> actually uh i'll just take it home and i was like that's the case like yeah i'll take one neat so i was getting them big pours now i had a flask i went and got my golf bag (laughs) (laughs) put in my flask and then uh the first time i went and got it and then i came back and she's like no wonder you were so excited we normally charge ten dollars a shot for this (laughs) i was like oh yeah This was a great roundtable because three quarters of the questions all came from people like you. I had some initial questions I was going to ask, but it quickly went down a different path that had a great flow. With that said, if you have any questions you want us to discuss on the next roundtable, send us an email. It's the duo, T H E D U O, at bourbonpursuit.com, and we'll add it into our queue of things to talk about. We're glad that everyone loves these roundtables because it's a great way to get caught up on some recent news, banter, and just hobby talk. Thanks to everyone that has supported this podcast through Patreon. So if you haven't yet, please go and do that. You can get signed up for Burn Pursuit swag, such as t-shirts, koozies, and the monthly giveaways. But please also consider support the other bloggers on this show. These fellows put a great amount of time being invested in bourbon news and writing great articles. You can look at them through the the Bourbon or Pro memberships, through Patreon for Breaking Bourbon. You can just send uh, Brian and Carrie money through the mail in just an envelope. I'm sure they'll appreciate it. But just make sure that you support these guys, whether it's just retweets or making sure that you visit their blogs on a weekly basis. Also, make sure you're following us on Facebook because we are pushing out all of our unedited content, such as bloopers and pieces that just don't make it into the show. So you can follow there and we're putting out new pieces or new videos weekly on Facebook so you can be able to see those that actually happen that don't happen during the podcast. But with that, enjoy this week's podcast. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long.
And they're off for another Gift 270-2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. Welcome back to the episode of the Bourbon Pursuit Podcast, the official podcast of bourbon. We are back yet again with the 10th edition of the Bourbon Community Roundtable. If you haven't done and joined us by now, we've got 50 viewers on. Last time, I think we were up to like 120. This one was kind of a little bit ad hoc. We got it together yesterday because I've got... Carrie's uh, family took the night off. Carrie's family took the night off. We got... Yeah, we were able to do this because I'm actually going on vacation next week. So I got to, I gotta, you know, get this done so I can get it cranked out and push it out for everybody to listen to next week as part of the podcast. But before we get into the topics tonight, because we got some good ones that we want to talk about, I want to go around the horn, uh, starting with uh, Burboner, and we'll we'll start from there. I'm actually uh, fielding questions already. A buddy of mine just texted me, that one guy's collection in the background is putting yours to show, shame. Show something <laughs> off. <laughs> like I have to put more bottles behind me. Uh, I'm Blake from Burboner.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, bourboner.com. Um, yeah, B-O-U-R-B-O-N-R. And Blake is sporting his brand new Yeti microphone that he got from Prime Day as well. Yes. So thank you, Prime Day. This is uh, coming in high def quality right now. Sounds <laughs> good. Sound the same, but I'm glad you <laughs> You still sound terrible, but it's just slightly clearer. <laughs> Sucker. All right, Carrie, you're up next. Carrie from Suburbia, S-U-B-O-U-R-B-I-A. You can find me on Facebook and the Twitters and the Instagrams. Uh, I actually have a couple blog articles I'm almost done with. So back to right a little bit, fellas. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, it's just a shade under a decade. You almost got one out. How do you find time time in your tennis schedule to get those? (laughs) The busy day, you know, busy life. And Nick, go ahead. I'm Nick, one of the three guys behind BreakingBourbon.com. Find us online and find us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Also running a Patreon support campaign. So if you want to get uh, release calendar updates and glasses and tasting sheets, check us out. And, uh, you know, we just really appreciate the support. Awesome. And we'll wrap it up with Brian. All right. This is uh, Brian Harrow with Sippin' Corn. You can find me uh, mostly on Twitter. Uh, S-I-P-P-N Corn, um, where I will, uh, or in the blog of that name too, where I do reviews and legal history of bourbon. And book coming soon? And Can we announce it yet? Can we announce it yet? Yeah. Someone let the cat out of the bag last month. I'm still, uh, I'm still negotiating, let's say. Okay. I've been hounding my Barnes & Noble for the past month now. I'm like, if you guys don't get this in, I read on Bourbon Beach that it's out. So. <laughs> the book of uh the book of the summer but uh it won't be held i mean it's a year away before he didn't say which summer he just said one summer the summer look for it look for it for a year from now this is is this two years in the making now brian uh it's research beginning probably in 2013 oh wow and uh i mostly wrapped it up around this past january and then started talking to publishers and I've got uh, I've got two offers right now, waiting on a third, and 
we'll uh, compare those and see where I go. Dang. Right. Nice. So, awesome. yeah. Wait for the big money to roll in. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Big <laughs> money under under seven yeah. figures. We make so much money in the bourbon community. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not retiring early on this, let's just say. Yeah, or you yeah. can just go self-publishing route, put it as an ebook on Amazon, and then you're uh, then you just cut, you're money, like a right? penny per book. Yeah, you can yeah. cut them out all together. That's right. See, that's the way you got to go. We can do. We're the marketing engine for you anyway, right? <laughs> right. Look at this. See, we'll talk about this, and we'll get all kinds of sales. <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and let's kick it off because uh, the last roundtable for anybody that didn't stick around, uh, you can actually catch the bloopers that are happening on our Facebook page at Bourbon Pursuit. And it was about a about an extra eight to fifteen minute long segment where we took a bunch of trivia questions because uh, I guess that's what happened when Kerry gets drunk. He likes to sit there and uh, he's like, "I got a great idea. Let's give away free samples for answering trivia." And uh, and so it was actually a really cool experiment we did. People stuck around. I think it, I mean that that after we ended, I think we still talked for an extra forty five minutes. But uh, who who has not shipped their samples yet? Is anybody on the hook for? Uh, being late to the game here. <laughs> I, oh, I count one, two. I, I actually do. I've had the, the labels printed out for like two weeks now. And Monty in Texas, it's coming. I swear. Um, I've just, I, I need to get it shipped. I, I've taken all my sample bottles to the office and then I'm like, okay, well, I'll just bring the sample bottles home with me and, now, now I just keep forgetting to do it. <laughs> I don't even remember what I gave away. <laughs> I kind of watched the movie. Uh, you did the actually whole bottle of Pappy Van Winkle, I believe, is what you gave. Right, yeah, is that what it is? It was Pappy right, Fifteen. Yeah. See, the the bad thing is that this was recorded, so you're definitely on the hook. Like you can't <laughs> get out of that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so yeah, I, I got the sample sample shipped out for uh, on my end. So I hope uh, I believe it was Monty as well that that yeah, got mine. Thanks, I can't thank Kenny. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, hopefully everybody's uh, getting those. If not, uh, you guys know how to get in touch with these guys, and you can say, "God damn it, it's been almost three weeks now. Where's my sample? Where my samples? <laughs> I'll tell yeah, you the what, volume, the volume doubles every week, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, though, I, I sent out my Booker's Rye to to my guy who who got the trivia right. A address off of my box, and sends me three samples in return. So this might be something uh, wow. that's right there, buddy. Well, like that's the, awesome. Uh, like chain letters, but bourbon chain letters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I just tripled my going. Yeah. And pin pals. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we could start something like that. Usually it's like a Christmas thing, right? We can, we can send uh, a little secret Santa. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you do that you know, bourbon sample, maybe a dirty pair of underwear or something, just to keep it spicy. <laughs> what if you don't wear underwear? I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> then, then send those dirty ass jeans that you've been farting in all day. <laughs> Welcome all right. to the podcast. We're glad that you joined us tonight. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's let's go ahead and we'll move on. And this is going to be directed more towards Brian because uh, it was actually a picture that Blake took, I believe, of uh, part of his collection. And uh, the roundtable here, everybody had a part in retweeting it and kind of getting it out on Twitter. But it was a picture of the old Charter 8 versus the old Charter 8 year. And we, I believe Blake or Brian put it out there as a uh, uh, a voting kind of app or whatever. And this says, like, does this even look, you know, would you, would you mi- actually mistake this if you saw it in the store? And I think it was uh, pretty much an overwhelming response that it was, yes, this looks like a deceiving thing. And this was a, 
something that was actually taken to court. Um, I believe it was a few months ago. Maybe it was longer, longer than that. Uh, but the case was actually dismissed. And I kind of want to let Brian give a, a little bit of a roundup, and then we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit too. Sure. So this is the, the old Charter 8, and they, uh, after it was no longer an eight-year bourbon, they took the words aged and years off of either side of the numeral eight. They did the same thing with uh, Very Old Barton um, about uh, probably three or four years ago. And now lately, they've on the neck of, for Very Old Barton, they put the proof on it. So they've, they've changed that, but now their next one is, is Old Charter. And so they got sued in New York on a class action um, in, uh, let's see, this was probably last November that they got sued. And Sazerac filed a motion to dismiss in January. And it's a, it's a nice long motion that basically says consumers can't be idiots. By taking off the words aged and years, it's clear that it's no longer an eight-year bourbon. And uh, it, it actually reminded me of another lawsuit that Sazerac was involved in when they were uh, suing Woodford and Brown Foreman was suing them. They were, this is in the uh, late 90s when everyone was learning that Woodford is not necessarily distilled in Versailles. And, uh, and Sazerac was arguing that Woodford was making a misrepresentation because they had an ad that said their bourbon was matured in the heart of the bluegrass country. And Brown Foreman said, well, yeah, it's matured there. It doesn't say distilled. It doesn't say barreled there. It says it was, it was matured there. And that's true. And you can't have any sort of misrepresentation claim when something is technically true. And so that, that's Sazerac's defense here in the, in, the charter, in the old charter case is that it's true. The numeral eight by itself doesn't mean that it's eight years old. Is they added aged eight seasons to the bottle for a little while, and I think they've taken that off now. Now, under federal regulations, there's only two distilling seasons in a year, so that would make it a four-year-old bourbon, and you wouldn't have to necessarily put an age statement. So, I think the popular belief now is it's probably a four-year-old bourbon. Uh, when when we were when this was getting tweeted and retweeted, people were, were responding that they thought it was eight years old, or they thought it was the old bottle that said eight years, because the words "aged" and "years" were actually pretty small, and they were in the same location where the numeral eight was. And it's real easy if if both were on a shelf, you could easily pick up the one with eight on it and not get an eight-year-old bourbon. Very no, easy. Yeah, that's something I would do. That I, I had about that exact same thing happen in this. Well, that was the picture I took in the store, but I was like reaching to grab it. And I'm thinking, oh, hold on a second. This bottle's slightly different because the, the shoulders on them are slightly different. And then I'm like, oh, so I, there, I think there's a lot of confusion there. And, and there's just no other reason to have an eight or a number right. on there with the ancient age. Yeah, it went from 10 years to 10 star. Like, what does 10 star really mean? Nothing. But this one I felt like was even more blatant of like, well, well, it's on the consumer not to be dumb. So uh, we think, you know, there's a small percentage of people it'll feel full and they won the lawsuit based on that. Right. And so so what happened is they, they filed a huge motion to dismiss. And about 20 days later, the plaintiff filed a, his own dismissal, voluntarily quit, basically. Mm-hmm. So the court didn't even need to, to decide. So that either means that the plaintiff got paid off and it was settled, 
or he saw the motion to dismiss and thought, yeah, okay, I'm not, uh, we can't handle this case. Uh, so I guess another question was that, I mean, coming from a, a, a law background yourself, you know, they're putting up a class action lawsuit. Who do you think had the bigger lawyers here? And do you think if they were actually to take this to court, it, they would just get swamped in legal fees? And it really wasn't a, uh, a fight that they could ever even win uh, just because they would be drowning legal fees before it even actually made it to a, a court or case. Yeah, the, the clearly bigger attorneys here were for Sazerac, no doubt about it. I mean, they, they would have drowned the plaintiff's attorneys. And the only, the only reason I, I would even think of that is because I watch Better Call Saul, and he always says, like, I'll take you to court, and you can't, you'll, you'll be swamped in fees, and you'll have to quit your job, and blah, 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 blah. So, right. so is there anybody on this uh, panel that didn't think it was deceiving or just say, like, uh, and I saw somebody that even said, like, it's old charter. Why do you give a shit in the first place? And, and so I got a question on that, too, is who's, who's buying it? You know, who, who yeah, are, they, are they marketing it towards people that had been buying it already? Is that the market? And, and basically, so they don't notice that. I mean, are they capturing a new audience? Is a new audience going to think anything of the eight at all? And I would think it's pretty much the same people buying it. And they're trying to make it look as similar as it always has. And you're, you're buying the bottle without looking at it, just like Blake was talking about. And you don't even realize because it looks basically the same. And I don't really inspect bottles that closely unless they're new. You know, I, I don't think I would notice minor changes on a lot of bottles, especially if they're bottles that I buy all the time. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know who the new market for old charter is. I don't think there's really much of a market for old charter to begin with, right? Uh, so it, it is going to be the same people. And that's probably the same with very old Barton. It's the same folks who are going to be buying that regardless. Although, although I tell you, with very old Barton, it was getting such a reputation as being the best bottom shelf whiskey out there that you could get for whatever it was, $9.99 a few years ago. So, so to kind of get back on topic, uh, Brian, you know, was there anybody else besides Sazerac that's pulled this stuff? I mean, we just named three different brands that are all coming from Sazerac, very old Barton, old charter and H and H that all dropped the, the age statement yet kept the number on there as a, as a way to, I don't know whether it's deceiving, whether it's a marketing game, whether it's a say like, Oh, well, I mean, this is, this is basically the best way. So we didn't have to go and figure out how to make a new label because we're strapped on marketing resources or something. I'm, I'm not aware of anyone else. I mean, and think of it this way. Well, when the, when the red 12 came off of Elijah Craig, imagine if they would have left that red numeral 12. Um, it's, of course you think it's 12 years old. What yes. else? What else? Could Doesn't it be like Evan Williams, the single barrel, it did, isn't it kind of deceiving? Like it's not a 10 year anymore. It kind of like they changed like how the wording is on the bot label to Make it seem like it's 10 year, but it's not. I don't know. I, I could be totally way off. I mean, I think there I don't, is it Evan Williams or well, maybe I'm thinking of Eagle the single Rare, barrel who, who took it off of the, the neck and put it on the back. Eagle Rare did uh, that. Yeah, yeah, it's still back there too. Yeah. Um, I think it is Evan Williams who it's like, no, that's just a design that happens to look like a one and a zero. Not our fault if that's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the letter D. It's just backwards. What are you doing? Cusack said, he said, the sad thing is that they're using this trick on old charter. It's like cheating a second grader at checkers. 
And uh, Kevin Kevin made a good point. He said, "Wild Turkey 101 changed to uh, old number eight brand when it dropped the age year age statement or eight year age statement." So that's probably true as well. Didn't really think about that one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Point. What are they going to do? Number seven. All this. Um, who's the old number seven? Is that Jack, that's Daniels. Jack Daniels? Jack yeah. Daniels. But yeah. at least that that never seemed like confusing because it wasn't an it wasn't like it was an age stated and then. I, you know, it, nobody's confusing Maker's Mark 46 for a 46-year-old bourbon um, <laughs> because it just came out like that. You know, it, right. this is a little bit different when it's like, I, I don't know, it'd be like the same as if somebody just decided to go to be a blended whiskey or something and they just happened to take bourbon off of the label and never told anyone. Um, yeah, I, I, no matter how you look at it, I think it's pretty – pretty uh won't go as slimy but it's a little bit deceiving it's deceptive i mean yeah. anytime you yeah. do something like that you take the i mean you can't look it's intentional oh. um we dropped an age statement but we left a big fucking age. lost him or is that just yeah me? yeah i'm losing him too I put it in the chat. It said it's it's now it's you carry. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bye, Tiga. Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be a really good point he's about about to make too. But <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, while we're on the topic of age statements, there's there's another one that kind of didn't take that route. They didn't. I mean, they took the number off immediately. Was like Jim Beam Black, right? Like Jim Beam Black used to be eight years, uh, and now it's just like it's just black, but. I don't know. I, I don't know if they filter it again or something. Like I forget what makes the black a little bit better, whether it's at six to eight years now or something like that. But can you hear yeah, me now? They, there you go. Can you hear me now? Didn't they just so, what, what's on there now? Is it like an infinity sign on the Jim Beam Black or just says extra aged or something? I think it's extra aged, something like that. I need to look at yeah. That's right, one thing I do not have behind me, so I couldn't even grab it if I had it. <laughs> Deception at its finest. Mm-hmm. So just basically, I think you're right. You know, they, it's got to be up there for a reason. It can't the the marketers who make that can't be just picking at numeral eight or numeral six, whatever, out of thin air and say it means nothing. But on the other hand, the consumers have a duty to to read the label, mm-hmm. and if it doesn't say years after it, that means it's not eight years. Yeah, I think it it enters that territory of, I guess, buyer beware. You know, and is it worth right. the risk? Is it worth the risk for the company to do that, you know, and catch the flack? I mean, this, who, you know, how many people are not going to buy it that would have otherwise bought it? You know, how many people are not going to buy Sazerac products or connect other Sazerac products to it? You know, let's hope Sazerac 18 year doesn't become Sazerac 18 and, you know, it's aged right. for 18 months or something like that, you know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's just that, do you take that risk or not? It's happened before. I mean, chances are the people who are buying it are, are probably still buying it, you know, so yeah, what I mean, does it a, really it's, hurt? It's an everyday bourbon. So like my everyday bourbons, I don't inspect the bottles. Like my Heaven Hill six year, I just go grab it or the Henry McKenna's, I just go grab it. It's not like I'm inspecting it so I can see why they do it because it's just like, I don't care. It's a $20 bottle. I mean, the OC8 went from tasting bad to tasting bad. So it's not like, you know, taking the, the year thing off. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get your point. 
So uh, I kind of want to pivot a little bit because it, it could it could tail on here. And Carrie kind of brought up a, a good point about, you know, we'll, we'll talk about these Tuesday bourbons, other bourbons that liquor stores just want to get rid of because uh, Carrie put out a tweet earlier this week uh, that said, never ask a liquor store employee for recommendations. Uh, so Carrie, like, what did you mean by that? And kind of okay. dive into it. So here's what happened. So I was in one store looking around and there was a dude who may have still been in college and a nice lady who was saying, you know, what, what bourbon do you recommend? And she's like, I'm looking for kind of like a starter bourbon. And the dude obviously didn't know anything about bourbon, but he said, you know, I'm like standing there and there's a bottle of Buffalo trace for 22.99 right in front of her. And to the right of it, a bottle of Eagle rare for not much more. And I, you know, you, you want to say something, but you, you just feel like you can't cause you come off as the biggest nerd in the whole place. Uh, although I should have, because I am the biggest nerd in the whole place, but I held off and he said, you should try this widow Jane up here on the top shelf oh. for 75 bucks. <laughs> and his, his reasoning for it was, he said, when you take shots of it, you know, it burns like a little less. Oh, and yeah. so she, and she picked up the widow Jane and that thing, sure, that thing had dust on it. That thing was, was old as crap. It had dust on it. She went and bought it. Saw the same thing happen with, I don't remember what the bourbon was. Again, Buffalo Trace, Eagle Rare, Henry McKenna sitting on a shelf, and this guy's like, God, what was the bottle? It, it was like a $100 bottle of something that you would never even send like your worst enemy to buy. And it was just – and I'm not talking about Blood Oath. Like it was like something else. And, uh, and you know, of course, she reaches up. She's like, oh, cool. I'll buy this really nice bottle of bourbon. And there was some good stuff on the shelf like – yeah, uh, you know, he had some uh, he had the Michter's barrel proof rye sitting on the shelf and she went for like I think it was the Garrison Brothers, like the single barrel Garrison Brothers. Like the cowboy bourbon or whatever it is. Yeah. I've never had that silver one. waxed. Yeah. I've just never tried that. Day, I saw that happen and I'm just thinking, you know, just reach out to somebody who drinks bourbon and ask them for recommendation. Do not go into a store, especially if you're not really good friends with someone there. Because all they're going to do is try to sell the stuff that's been sitting on a shelf. And that's, I, I see that time and time and time again. You should well, apply for a total wine. Yeah, <laughs> totally. You would be like those wine guys, you know, they're like, this is Perry's pick. Huh. Yeah, exactly. yeah. You go up to that guy, you're like, so what pick do you have? What's your favorite pick in bourbon? They're like, uh, we'll have a whole shelf for you, Carrie's pick. <laughs> <laughs> Battery be like you gotta you gotta come in the fall and they only get one bottle of it and it's mine. It's the Sazerac eighteen. It's like it's his. You can't can't do it. <laughs> it's Saz 18, yeah. I, I guess for me, you know, I, I would say for me on my end, uh, I don't spend that much time in a liquor store where I, I sit there and, and and overhear a lot of people talking about it. Usually, I, I I walk in either know what I'm what I want, talk to the liquor store owner, get what I need, whatever it is. Uh, you know, I've, I, the hunting days are, are few and far between now that I'm spending a, you know, a good solid five minutes perusing up and down the bourbon aisles, but is, uh, anybody else, I know Blake, you've, you've talked before about, you've been sitting there and overheard conversations and people have either bought the wrong thing or maybe you're just like, I've got to change a heart. Like I'm, I got to interrupt here. Like I gotta, I gotta fix this situation. <laughs> Yeah, I've had it happen both ways. I've people who I've wanted to just jump in so bad, but then I've had people jump in on me just kind of standing in an aisle. I think I was playing with my phone and the guy was like, Oh, so you're getting into bourbon? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> said, Gotta try the Angel's Envy Rye. It's a uh, man, it's something. I'm like, Oh, okay. 
appreciate that. <laughs> like, buddy, I, I don't want to spend seventy-eight dollars on. Uh, I don't know if it's flavored or not, but it is. I mean, it, else it, dry it. yeah, it, it's good. I, it's just sweet. Um, but it makes me nervous to ask for recommendations anywhere now after seeing that because I'm like, even at a restaurant, are they just going to recommend the thing that's not selling at all? Because you know they're like, okay, we got to get rid of this. This guy asked for a recommendation, send him whatever it is. Because um, a lot of times it is the thing that's not selling. I mean, they're, or you have to really trust the store that yeah. you go to. Um, you got to trust somebody there. I agree. If, if you don't have either of those things, like just do your own research or really trust the store, I'm not going to depend on the 22-year-old college kid to tell me which whiskey is the best. Burns bag. less on a shot. Burns less. <laughs> I, I could have told you if I was in his shoes, I'd be like, bitch, you better get this Kentucky Tavern because that shit is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to say in defense of it could be anyone. It could be the store owner, could be an employee, a manager. Uh, I think there's a really wide range of what you find in there. I know in some stores locally, there's, you know, there's at least one person there in a lot of stores that is into bourbon and they, they, I mean, they know what they're talking about for the most part. Um, are they going to be able to give a, a good, honest recommendation that doesn't have anything to do with sales? I think a lot of them. I think a lot of them do, or at least they'll just talk to you. I know when I go in now, I don't buy usually when I go in a store. I end up talking to somebody for 10, 15 minutes, and then walk out empty-handed a lot of the time. But uh, those relationships have worked over the years, and those are people that end up calling you when they do have something. And uh, I don't know. I think there's something to be said for that relationship with the retailer. You just got to know. You got to know what you, you need to know going into it. Don't go in there blind. Just listen to anything anybody says. You got to have some knowledge of is this person giving you decent advice or not before you kind of go down that rabbit hole. I think otherwise you'll get stuck with some eighty dollar bottle that you know was made by who knows who and doesn't taste good, but somebody told you it does. You know. Yeah. Q and that. Had it real quick. I was just gonna say, Cusack had a good statement. He said, "Can you blame the stores? So much crap, bourbon crap pouring in. I mean, are, are we are we looking at simply a glut and bourbon sitting on shelf, and that's why they've got to sell the old shit?" Um, but I mean, oh, for sure. I mean, I guess there's. I, go ahead, Ryan. Oh, I was gonna say, there's like you go into Total Wine now, like, and it's overwhelming how much stuff is out there, like. Even like five years ago, there wasn't that much options. And now it's just like, holy shit, what is half this shit? And how's it selling? How I don't understand. Yeah. Like, I'm just blown away. Um, it, if I was a new buyer, I would just be like, what? I guess this one's in a middle to high price point. It must be good. You know, right. It's, it's bourbon over overload. And if yeah. it's got a, what, a nice label and a horse on it somewhere, you buy it. <laughs> yeah. They say they say animals on 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 liquor bottles help sell them. I don't know where I heard that stat or how true it is, but by having an animal on the bottle, it helps sell it. Yeah, it makes it taste better too. So, or a guy, person, or a guy smoking a cigar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're a new <laughs> person, a little bit. like a newbie, it, what a time to be alive, right? Like you have got everything under the sun you can try. And, you know, like you walk in, it's like us, if we got into scotch now, I'd be like, holy shit, look how much stuff is just sitting on shelves. 
they just don't know any better. They don't know that all the good stuff is in our basements. Like they think that you know, they're going to you know, get into a store. So for them, ignorance is bliss, right? They don't care. They just want to drink good bourbon. They just don't know what good bourbon is yet. Yeah, yeah. it comes all. It all comes from NGP. That's you know what yeah. they're tasting. <laughs> but I mean, I guess I guess I don't know whether you are able to put a little bit of blame on the liquor stores themselves. I mean, they, they bought this stuff, right? They, they choose to, to buy the inventory, right? Um, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, you know, you, there's a lot of, yeah, I mean, it could be distributor strongholding or arm twisting or whatever it is. Um, but, uh, you know, at least as far as I know, those practices are supposed to be illegal, uh, in most States or if not everywhere. So I'm not entirely sure if the store owner is even a person to be able to blame, uh, in a situation like that when they've got too much inventory that sits on a shelf and doesn't sell because, uh, you know, or it's gotten out that it's just not good. It's craft. It's whatever Wait, it is. So you guys got another 1792 barrel when you still hadn't sold your first barrel. Why is that? Why'd you buy someone 1792? <laughs> There's a wild turkey diamond that's been sitting there for ten years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, wow. So much of it's which, which everybody's everybody's gonna want in five years. Just watch. Yeah, right. As soon as yeah, the last yeah. bottle <laughs> sells, people are gonna be like going nuts for it. You know, some of that oh, could be okay. incentive too. The, the distributors are like, if you buy a case of this Garrison Brothers, we will get you three mixtures ten years. Um, so probably they're buying on the flip side. I think sometimes you can attribute to distributors saying, carry a bunch of our products and we'll take care of you when rare releases come around. So I don't think it's all the store on the store's fault. I mean, it's again, I think you go back to the three tier system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I know here in New York, you know, there's a, there's a split case upcharge for a split case. You say, I'll take a whole case. They say, well, you can't buy a whole case. You can only sell you a split case, you know? So they're stuck. Do you take it? Do you leave it? What do you do? You know, they get caught in the middle. They're, they're, they don't know. And I know some retailers that they buy stuff totally unknown. They're not into the bourbon scene, but they buy it and see what happens. Sometimes it sits. They buy the wrong stuff. So I don't shop at Total Wine as much, uh, but there was uh, this is probably a good question for, uh, you know, Ryan and Carrie here. So uh, James says, Total Wine steers people towards their quote unquote house brands. Uh, is that correct? Because uh, I, I don't really know. I don't go into those too often. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'll listen. Yeah, I'm in oh, Total yeah. Wine twice a week, and I'll hear them. definitely for wine. Yeah, I'll hear them, and they'll they'll be on the bourbon aisle. They'll be like, "You got to try this." Uh, I can't even remember the names of these. Like, it's it's, it's similar to the pure wine, Winchester. Um, yeah, Winchester. And this is this like is really. Stock. I can't say how many times people put Winchester in their carts, and I'm just. <laughs> I can't it, it's, even, don't it's do it like hyper age stuff. I think. Yeah, it's it comes from that Terrapier. Yeah, Terrapier. No. Winchester is. Yes. Yeah, they have a, a deal. Yeah, which y'all hear about in about three months. I did an interview with Oz Tyler, and they uh, do the Terrapier process in Owensboro. But yeah, they got a contract with Liquor Barn and uh, uh, Total Wine and Spirits mm-hmm. to do all their contract distilling. So now you know. The more you're informed. So now you know. Now you know. Yeah, if you care. What's the what's the learn uh, private brand? Yeah, the name. What's, what's the that one? You broke up on the. What's the liquor bar? Oh, flatboat. Oh. I thought flatboat was 1792. Oh, that's true. Maybe it is. Yeah. I was like, I got it right here. I was like, I can do a taste test. So. Or that's what they tell you. 
If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S.com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point of sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns, from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. So uh, this will kind of uh, segue into the next segment because... This was a question that Rick Nolan sent me on on our Facebook page. And he says, you guys talk about, uh, you know, this is actually something that Carrie made famous not too long ago, which was the word of uh, FOMO uh, in the bourbon world, right? Just uh, what we call the fear of missing out. Uh, he says he occasionally suffers from a case of what he calls FOBER, which is the fear of buyer's remorse. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says he usually needs a, a waiting period or cooling off period after a new release uh, because he thinks that you know, he got swindled because of the hype around it or anything like that. So uh, open discussion here. So what is everybody's biggest buying regret that they just wish they didn't buy at one point? And I, I know that uh, we just brought up Wild Turkey Diamond. And I think somebody's sitting on a heap of them over here, aren't they? <laughs> I see him smiling I now. Few, let's just say. <laughs> I was I was there on the day on April 15th when they, when they uh, released them at the gift shop. <laughs> Three, three max per person, and I sweet talk the uh, cashier into letting me get six. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, did you get them! <laughs> <laughs> Best Can't even give it away. Uh huh. I bought a lot that day, my friends. Well, I mean, if if the way that things go is the way that Nick predicted, I I mean, you could you could see a return on your investment one day for that, uh, it, because that's not going to be around again, even though it's still gotta hold it. Yeah, just gotta wait it out. Yeah. Maybe thirty <laughs> years, but you'll get there. <laughs> right, diamonds. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. So I've who's Logic twenty three recently? I, I would say, you know, honestly, uh, I would say Elijah Craig 23 is one of those bourbons that I didn't care for it either, unless you like really love chewing on a on a stick that's been freshly laid in the the dew for like 48 hours and it's got all this moss <laughs> growing on it, right? I know it went a little bit of tangent there, but I think it's horrible. It's so yeah. I had it one time, loved it. 
I thought it was awesome. It was very much like the Parker's this year, the 24 year. Then I bought a bottle. And of course, you know, being single barrel, especially when you get into that 20 plus year, there's yeah. a lot of variation. And I took a sip of mine and it's just like, like dried up um, Listerine, like just with wood chips in it. It's just not very good. I kind of regret that one because I, I think I traded a Saz 18 for that plus something else. So just to kind of keep the conversation moving here. <laughs> a moment of silence. I know, right? Yep. I'm trying to think of all my bad ones. So uh, they, I'll read I'll read a few from the chat and we can talk about it. So John Diamond said, Lusty Claw, which I think I've seen a picture of it. I don't know if I've actually seen it in the store. I've never seen it. I'm going to have to look that up. Uh, Lusty Claw. Yep. So Keith Arnold said, on the low end, uh, Calumet, right? Another one of those, like if it puts oh, a horse if it puts a horse on it, it's going to sell. Right. It'll sell. Uh, and then we, we can basically just go up and down the old or orphan barrel line if we want, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. Hey, 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 look. They were good until 2014, and then they went downhill. But 2013, they were okay. We had lost profit. We had old blowhard. Yeah. We had yeah, uh, blowhard was good. I like Barter House. I like, and I just, I just hit a rhetoric. I think twenty two the other night, and it it was decent. I the first time I had rhetoric, I hated it. Had it the other night, it it was good, and it, they don't overcharge for it. It's not crazy. They had gifted horse, which its only it's, redeeming quality it was, was scratch and sniff on the bottle. We all know the yeah. bottle was actually scratch and sniff. The lean really design great. was the best part of that bottle. Am I really going to be scratching my bottle and sniffing it? Do you have one? Yeah. We, Go we get it. To, yeah, do it on screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to see if that's a real thing. Uh, so I never had I never had whoop and holler, but uh, somebody else said worst, that was one of theirs. And, yes, scratch, right, scratch the horse and sniff it. I'm not kidding. Scratch the horse and sniff it. What do you smell? Old it leather. Smell kind of, yeah, perfumey, like old leather. Yeah, it's a scratch and sniff label. I had wow, no idea. I never know that. Yeah, they actually confirmed it. I think the folks who designed that label. I think I'm going to like it a lot better now. The folks who, <laughs> who designed that label reached out to us. I think they used one of our photos on their website. They they have some cool designs. I gotta say, I gotta say, the Orphan Barrel label designs are fantastic. Oh yeah, they yeah, oh, yeah. the board. They're, They're fantastic. They nailed it. Thinking about one that I, what was it, the Fobo or fear of. Fober, Fober, Fober. Okay. Fear, fear, yeah, of buyer, fear of buyer's remorse. Buyer's remorse. I did spend like forty dollars on a little old stag sample one time, just a little fifty mil or was it fifty mls? Thinking, yeah. you know, man, this is from the original stag distillery. This thing's going to be crazy. Can't believe the deal I got on it. Worst thing I've ever tasted in my life. <laughs> really? I old mean, stag is not good, huh? No, it was terrible. I think it was blended whiskey. I don't think I was really paying attention when I bought it. But, uh, yeah, that's luckily, but at least it wasn't a whole bottle that I have to like sit around and stare at it and remind me of, uh, the poor choice I made, but that's, that's probably mine. I had two this year, like the William heaven Hill 15 year or no, I guess last year, 2016. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was terrible. Oh, it was that's terrible. Great. And I swayed in line and it was a lot of money. That, that wasn't cheap. And it, no, it was like two fifty, I think, or something like that, or maybe even more. But it, it was, was bad. Yeah, it was two ninety nine. It was not very good. No, really bad. And then my Pappy twenty this year was awful. I was like, damn it! I wish I didn't open that and just sold it. It was it was not very good. 
Yeah. I definitely had remorse. That happens a lot with Pappy, right? These yeah. Days. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think there's a lot of those bottles where you're like so excited knowing the secondary market and then you open it and it's like, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's just so good. Built up too much. Built up dollars in my pocket as opposed to drinking pretty good whiskey. <laughs> right, right. I, I was just trying to think. I was going back through a few bourbon. Mm-hmm. I've, one I've that, seen a lot of you know, it had a it had a lot of good press. I think the rye got accolades. I've yet to have the rye, uh, but got the bourbon. It, it wasn't anywhere near. I think the quality it should have been for the distribution it gets. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened if they're putting out younger product or just being careless with it or what. But that was really disappointing. So we had a few more people comment in. Um, who, James Petit said uh, Blood Oath. Uh, John Diamond said the Brandon Priest single barrel. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, Kevin says uh, his uh, lot B is uh, Van Winkle lot B at retail. He said he didn't even care for it, which that's fine. Leave, leave it more for us of us. <laughs> So I can give you mine, which I know a lot of people, I, I've talked about it on here before. Um, it was uh, it was actually Rock Hill Farms, but I think I got it in like 2011, maybe 2010, somewhere around there. Uh, and it, it took me almost two years to drink it because I just, I couldn't stomach it. Um, I haven't had, I, I have not bought a bottle since then because that's how bad, like it put a taste in my mouth. Like I was just like, I'm not going to even touch this stuff. You get so, a bad bottle? I, I must have. It was. It had to have been bad bottle, right? It's the same yeah, as Blanton's and Elmer. I, it, I can tell That's you just back then, it must have been a bad bottle, but I've, I've been turned off ever since, so I haven't even touched it. I will say another one. So if anybody out there that they think like, oh, yeah, like I want to start collecting these, these Jim Beam decanters, don't. Like don't even think <laughs> it's a good idea because it tastes horrible like you I, I i i opened this and i was just like oh yeah it's like tinny it has like almost like a like like i'm chewing on pennies and it's and <laughs> it's i guess you're typing yeah, i say it's like i feel like i've got lead running through my brain my veins now right so definitely uh be careful out there on the secondary market of like collecting jim beam decanters and thinking that you know the juice inside of them is still good i I would shut up, Kenny. I have a few to sell. (laughs) (laughs) What a week a week before this airs to to the yeah, they're going on (laughs) right now. (laughs) You better get it out there soon, then. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, let's go ahead and we'll move to a a next subject, and this is something that uh, Lucas, who's a fan of the show, he asked uh, with the bourbon boom in full effect. Many of the large NDPs or the non-distilling producers have really focused over the last few years on getting their own still setup, which we've seen that pretty much all the way around. Uh, many of these brands have a loyal following from people that know what an NDP is. So let's start with Smooth Ambler and some of those other folks. Are these As these brands start to bottle their own juice, do you think we're going to see a shift along the lines as what we've seen today with the hunt of Stitzelweller juice or even pre-fire uh, Heaven Hill stock? where brands like Bullet and Michter's, Angel's Envy, they have plenty of money right now that they're paying for chemists to actually go and take what they're producing or what they're actually sourcing from now and actually try to match it as much as or close as they can of what their product's going to be when it is actually aged. And so do you think there is a a possible subculture that's going to be created for people that want to have Four Roses Bullet? 
or the yes. Heaven Hill Ezra Brooks and stuff like that that we could possibly see here in the next, I don't know, what, five, seven years? Like, what do you all think? I, I, I just want to say, I, I think it's funny with all the kind of crap that NDPs get that what's happening is producers are taking what they get from NDPs and saying, I want to make this exact same thing and go into great lengths to basically reproduce that as opposed to necessarily make something completely different and new in the space, which is kind of almost the opposite strategy that you, you know, that, that other, you know, distillers might take. I just think it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I tell you, I, with Bullet in particular, um, I, I might be looking for the label that still says Lawrenceburg on it because it was so much better, in, at least in my memory, versus what I've had recently. Anytime you can make a distinction on a bourbon, you know, whether like, like Lucas was saying, whether it's the, you know, the old Bernheim versus the new or bottled in, in uh, Lawrenceburg versus Buffalo Trace for Pappy. I mean, you're, you're, you, you want that distinction and you think something that's old way or different is going to be better. But I tell you for the, the guaranteed four roses, Lawrenceburg label bullet, that is better than the current bullet. Yeah, I, I think everybody loves nostalgic. So the yeah. the, I mean, even me. I mean, like old granddads from the eighties. They might not be if you put them in a blind taste test. They might not win, but to me, they taste better. I don't know. It's just like the butterscotch bomb. The tastes like a Werther's. Like the label. I don't know. It's just we love nostalgic. So I definitely think people seek those out, and it's going to be hard. I mean, these are good whiskeys that are being bottled by these NDPs. I mean, they're from Heaven Hill, Four Roses. You know, these distillers that have been around forever that know what they're doing. So, you know, it's going to be hard to replicate the good juice that they're putting into these bottles. That's a good point. You know, it's going to take a it's going to take longer for these guys to get their stills working right than it is to to compete with uh, MGP and Four Roses and Heaven Hill and and the established. That's a good, really good point. Some of them may be better off just to make their first release be not that great because then everybody's just going to go and buy everything that's on the shelf <laughs> right away. Yeah. It just, it'll be gone. You know, as soon as uh, the, the four or the uh, bullet that was actually distilled at the bullet, well, are, do they even have a functional still or is it still just that small? They, they got their whole operation up and running in Shelbyville, if I'm not mistaken, right, Brian? Yeah. Yeah, up and running. They are. Or like, or like a Mictors who is has a big operations there as well. Um, who as soon as they uh, release something that's eh, it's not that great, everybody's just going to go and flock to the old old Forester or whoever they're sourcing from. Um, but you know, everyone is is going to love it. Love something once it's gone and more scarce, anyways. That's and right. That tastes so much better. Um, because it's not around. But anymore. I'm hoping we're on that. <laughs> yeah. Eventually that diamond will go away too. Yeah. And be knocking on Brian's door. So this kind of floats into the next question. Uh, and QSEC kind of put it up there too. And he said, wouldn't NDP be smart just to blend their stuff with the source stuff until it gets down and they can just make a, a kind of like an exit out of it where, 
you know, I guess the only thing at that point they would have to worry about is if you've got a smart enough consumer that knows how to read a label correctly and it knows what DSPs it's actually coming from and how it's blended. I mean, I will say from my experience that any blending of older whiskey kills the older whiskey taste. It doesn't matter what years you have. Um, of course, we know this from Orphan Barrel, but there's so many different ones that have gone the blending route. And even Smooth Ambler, who I love with their American whiskey, um, you know, you blend a 11 year with a four year, you're going to get a four year taste. Mm-hmm. So I think when it comes to um, being able to sell and make money so that you can keep the production going is great. But if you want to attract the loyal, uh, the hobbyists, you know, and, and get the real bourbon fan base moving over, I think that you, you got to stop blending and occasionally like, will it just put out a barrel of the older stuff and try to just, you know, put together the, the lowest year stuff that you can to survive. Um, but you know, keep, keep single barrels out there. I think we're seeing less and less of the people blending old with the new. Uh, I guess Whistlepig just did just do it as well, but I was kind of hoping that was a trend that was going to go away because, like Carrie said, you you blend an old, probably a really good bourbon with a younger bourbon. You don't get a middle-aged tasting bourbon. You get a younger tasting bourbon, Um, which I think I said it, on, on here before it's like food, you know, you add something that's over season with something that's under season. It's going to taste under seasoned. It's not going to taste perfectly seasoned. Um, so I think they are just better off just to let their, their young stuff be young or wait till they think it's a point to stand on its own or um, just keep selling the source stuff until they, the last possible barrel they have left. So I guess who's going to be the first person to go out there and just buy a case of Bullet, a case of Angel's Envy, a case of Michter's and all that sort of stuff and just say, I guess we'll see in seven years if this is worth anything. It's a cheap investment at this point. You know, it's it, it, it could cost you, you know, maybe a couple hundred bucks or so if you find the right store, maybe even give it a get a um, case discount. So I don't know, maybe it's worth it. If you see me walking with a big box tomorrow out of a store with Angel Envy on the side, you'll know why. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, son of a bitch, Kenny gave me a great idea. <laughs> Buying all those finished rice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I actually got to give credit to that. Oh, take it. So, uh, yeah, look, great question, Lucas. Uh, it's definitely something that uh, I think I think we might we might actually see that subculture hit. Um, as, yeah. as Ryan said, it's a nostalgia yeah. thing. Uh, I mean, you can see in the top shelf behind me, if you're watching this on video, like those are old, uh, you know, trying to dusties up there and I don't know, people just love it. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it's just, it's just part of what it is. And uh, I think that as soon as stuff is going to be getting consumed by other people and the, the stocks are going to dry up, people are going to want that older stuff or they want the new stuff um, just to say that they have it. Right. It's also a collector's binge thing too. I'm so, just, I made, well, oh yeah. Their stuff's terrible. Their Black Maple stuff. Hill, you know, they had all the old age dated stuff, which was oh, yeah. unbelievable. Then they went to the was the orange label, which I just do not think is very good. Oh, there's all. a regret. I forgot about and that then, one. We'll throw yeah. that one in there. <laughs> and then, um, you know, now they went to the Oregon stuff and people still pay $100. Yeah, there you go up there. I, I, I've had it in blind tastings and I'm like, no, this this is terrible. What is this bottom shelf stuff? They're like, oh, it's Black Maple Hill. And, pe- you know, people pay them. $350 a bottle for it um, because it's gone. 
So I'm I kind of go ahead, Karen. all right, Ryan, close what? it up for us. Well, uh, I guess we're getting close to the end, so I probably shouldn't bring this up. No, 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 no. I, wanna, I said close up this part of the conversation because I want to move on to the next topic because I got like oh, one, okay. one more thing I want to talk about. Oh, okay. I had a whole nother topic. So like Heaven Hills building three warehouses, all these people, there's going to be so much bourbon. Like you, you, we talked about manipulating to the age statement where we're trying not to make the age important. But when we have all this glut and they want to move back to the age, how do you think that's going to transition? <laughs> I think people will be happier. Uh, I know. I know Fred Minnick will be happier when they can start putting. Yeah, but age they're saying now on. age doesn't matter. But then they're going to go back and say age does yeah. matter. Age, age matters. I don't think <laughs> anyone has ever had a problem contradicting themselves at a PR marketing firm. <laughs> right. Like, oh, we have new data that says age actually does matter again. So. The scientist told us. I was say, we, we pumped it in our Excel spreadsheets and it came out yeah, with that, yeah. that answer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Survey says. It's funny, Ryan. I was just I was just thinking about that same thing today. I was thinking there is gonna be that day when there's just so much extra bourbon. I, I think I think I was watching that uh, that video on, on CBS about the potential trade issue and you know, bourbon might be not might not be going out of the country or whatever. Like that. we might be sitting on a lot more. It's probably going to be selling the age statements at some point, you know, with all this yeah. bourbon getting made right now, how is that going to spend? It's going to be fun to talk about. It's going to be fun for us geeks, I guess. All of a sudden, probably like, oh shit, we just built <laughs> 50, <laughs> that, three 50,000 warehouses. Bourbon yeah. fans are the biggest Trump supporters right now. We're like, come on, dude. <laughs> Keep it all here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess the other thing uh, that the argument with that, you know, we've, we've all read on the forums with the, uh, if anybody that doesn't know the whole uh, trade agreements that are going on with Trump right now uh, with us steel wanting to and tariffs, basically, basically European union wants to put tariffs on whiskey that is going to be imported into Europe, which is going to put uh, a huge burden on Kentucky. And Fred Minnick uh, kind of points the blame a little bit at Senator McConnell, who is the house majority leader uh, who happens to be from Kentucky. So they thought it was an easy target. Uh, but the idea with all this is that uh, as we could read, a lot of people said that it's not the it's not the epics of things that are going to be sitting around, right? It's it's the shelf turds that aren't making it overseas for the majority of people anyway. Well, we can still sell to uh, India and Asia, right? Yeah. So we'll we'll get rid of those. We'll get rid of all that. But you're you're right. That I mean, that CBS piece, I think, is what you're talking about. That that Fred was was interviewed on makes Absolutely. us an easy target because we're, I mean, we are the competitor to, and we're better than Scotch, and we're a threat to Scotch, and they know it. So they take it out on us. Preach on, Brian. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there was actually uh, something that Carrie had brought up in the last segment talking about Willet, and this is something that uh, I think the rumors have already spread, and I think the cat might be out of the bag, is that we're going to see a lot more Willet on the market relatively soon because uh, the word is, uh, very beginning of 2018, they are reopening their single-barrel program. So... <laughs> Anybody that is looking for single barrel Willets to actually start seeing them in stores again, you can probably start expecting that the year in 2018. Uh, however, don't expect 12, 13, 14, 15 years. Expect their five year stuff, right? So if you're so this will be theirs, yes, right? Um, but also, I, I've also 
I've also heard that you, if you can pull some weight, you can possibly get, you know, one of those 12 plus years, but however, it's going to be their five-year stuff. That's going to start. If you're Sean Brock or somebody, you'll get one. <laughs> well, I don't know about Sean Brock anymore. Sean Brock anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We can save that one for a different time when we're not drinking. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's uh yeah. I mean, I think for the majority of people, you're going to see a lot more of those five-year single barrels are going to start hitting the market. Well, I'll say, speaking of uh, fear of buyer's remorse, whatever it was, I got a bottle of, I think it's a seven-year Willet I bought back in 2013. The store had gotten three barrels maybe, but one of each gifted two of them, $39.99. They, were, they couldn't give the stuff away, and it's fantastic. And now looking back, I'm thinking, what, what was I thinking? I knew it was fantastic at the time, just couldn't foresee – you know, that it was going to be such a run on bourbon, you know, going forward after that. But, yeah. you know, good news. When, when Smooth Ambler discontinued their rye program, my local store had bought a barrel of probably the best single barrel SAOS rye. And it was still forty nine ninety nine per bottle. And I remember reading the report about Smooth Ambler's discontinued rye. I even published a blog article about it. And I, I sat that. in the store and I'm like, dude, there's a bunch of bottles here. This stuff is not going anywhere. And I left and fucking three weeks later, I went back in and every single bottle was gone. I was, I still hate myself so much for that. <laughs> cases and cases. I know. Isn't that ridiculous? Like cases of that stuff. So is anybody excited for will it five years? It kind of like, okay, it's just five year. I am. Cause I've I tasted yeah, some of it. I think it would I've be- tasted some in the warehouse in the winter. And it was fantastic. Their weeded bourbon is out of this world. I agree with you there, Ryan. Absolutely. Yeah. Five years starting to hit that point where it's like, okay, it really stands on its own. It's you don't have to grade it on that craft scale anymore. Um, and so that's that's what I think is going to be the most exciting thing in the next two to three years is what craft guys are actually putting out age product that's good and can compete against the big guys on taste. Uh, that that's what I'm most excited about. So I'll try to sneak in that uh, barrel program if I can. <laughs> <laughs> I know I somebody there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one last question, and we'll wrap this up. Um, so this is uh, this is a, a, an article that came out of Breaking Bourbon. Eric is yet to make an appearance on here. We we're still not sure if he exists. However, <laughs> however, ninety percent of the articles on Breaking Bourbon are actually from Eric. So. Nick, oh, we'll wait to figure out what you actually contribute to the to the website. Itself. <laughs> well, we've never seen Nick and Aaron and him at the same time. So exactly, yeah, no. yeah, that's right. We weren't we weren't doing video back when we did the Breaking Bourbon Bourbon Pursuit podcast, were we? That was no, all audio. It was. Yeah. Wasn't it? <laughs> Nick was throwing his voice. Jordan's he's got a different Jordan voice. He's got a generic voice. So, so the the article actually talked about. Uh, changing our buying habits as you become a, a more seasoned bourbon, I don't want to say aficionado, but just a, a, a hobbyist enthusiast, uh, you, you end up changing your buying habits from, you know, starting at somewhere, learning about things, uh, figuring out like you don't want to buy things, um, regretting things, all those types of uh, pieces. So I, I kind of want to, um, uh, first off, Nick, if you have anything else to kind of add in commentary of the article, and then I want to open up to you all, uh, have your buying habits changed? Have they slowed down, amped up um, for most of us? You can see behind me, do you have more bourbon that you can drink in your lifetime already? <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll say that 
you know, the, the article very much echoes my opinion as well. Like Eric lives not far from me. We both married women from Syracuse and actually both moved to Syracuse. So we get together a lot and, uh, you know, we, we share a lot of bottles, you know, so we'll buy a single bottle, the three of us, and then we'll, we'll split it out into, you know, three, eight ounce sample bottles. Some of the special bottles we'll just keep sealed. And we have some of these that are sealed that we bought years ago that we, we hardly ever touch, you know, cause there's always so much bourbon to try to drink when the three of us get together, you know, but definitely that evolution of, I think going crazy, trying to find and, try and buy every new thing into that, you know, I'm going to be more selective. I'm not just going to buy it because it's new. I'm not just going to buy it because the label looks cool. We were talking about orphan barrel before I know I passed on a bunch of orphan barrels way back when, um, waited to kind of try them and, and feel it out a little bit before I bought any, um, I, I like barter house. So full disclosure, I know some people hate it, but it's the type of thing where I think, you know, all bourbon drinkers, whiskey drinkers, hobbyists, you know, go through that evolution as other people. I I know Blake has talked about the evolution of a bourbon drinker too, where I think you eventually start to to look a little bit bit different at the hobby. You start to really want to share what you have, educate other people. I mean, that's that's why we do Breaking Bourbon because we got to that point of saying, hey, we want to kind of share what we're talking about and that. You know, so he kind of reflected on that and, and it does very much echo, I think, where you know, where he is and, and where, where I am. And I think where Jordan is too, you know, in this kind of evolution of where we are as, as whiskey drinkers. Nick, I swear you didn't have a beard when we started this podcast. And now, <laughs> <laughs> now magic dog shadow. He <laughs> shave every 30 minutes. <laughs> it's, it's the, uh, it's this. So this, this will put a beard on you. So, you know, He's got a Seven Hill six-year bottom and bond. King, so, king, uh, king of the bottom shelf. <laughs> so, uh, Ryan, what about you? I mean, ha- has your buying habits changed, uh, let's say, over the past three years uh, compared to what it was before? I mean, have you kind of slowed down? Or are you amping up? Like, what's your what's your strategy? I'm, my buying habits are bipolarish. You know, I go from manic, depressed, like, screw bourbon. I can't find anything. I hate this. To where I'll get, like, a Four Roses store pick or something that's just like oh my god i gotta go get you know as many store picks as possible you know so just kind of like huge swing it's just it's changed because back in the day we could find so much so it's so fun going to stores so now i'm kind of more i guess leery of going because i'm going to be disappointed that i'm not going to really find anything but it's kind of been re-energized by store picks and uh I, i hope that continues Yeah, by you, Carrie, or anybody else wants to crickets. chime in. No, no, go ahead. With the I just wasn't paying attention. I, I think mine has definitely changed. Um, I do still find myself buying quite a few bottles, but it's it's if I find something I like, I'll grab three or four bottles. It's it's not a very uh, scalable model because of eventually I already I'm starting with too much bourbon, so adding more bourbon to that isn't a great thing. But you know, my my thinking is, hey, I liked this year's or the uh, batch B of Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. I was lucky enough to find a few bottles of it, so I'm going to grab those. Now, at the same time, I passed on a bunch of other new releases and $100 plus bottles, and I'm not as worried about going into the fall bourbon hunt. Uh, you know, really the only thing I'm looking forward to is the Al Young release, which should hit Florida hopefully within the next year. 
um, the way distribution is down here. But yeah, I think it just, when you start to find stuff you like, it takes less pressure or uh, there's less pressure on finding like the, the pappies and the antique collection. Cause you know, yeah. you've, you've drank some of that. So it's like, okay, cool. If I don't get it, no problem. There's plenty to drink and I've been able to grab multiple bottles of stuff I really like. So even though there is some FOMO, I can tell I can rest. Almost real. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with you, Blake, on that uh, batch B of the Elijah Craig barrel proof. So, so my my habits have changed basically to to being focused on things like like that. So you mm-hmm. you you look for that. You look for the Rebel Yell ten year. You you get a couple of bottles of just to, to have on hand of the old Forester 1920. And then you work on private barrels. I mean, that's, I mean, I, I don't know a, a standard issue type bourbon probably since 2013, like, you know, I loaded up on Elmer T. Lee and Weller 12 in 2013. I haven't bought it since. And diamond. <laughs> focus. You just focus on uh, the private barrels since then, and the you know the the individual releases that come out, and hope yeah. like hell that you can get a L Young, and hope like hell that you can get uh, you know one or two of the other limited releases. But by that point, you've got enough. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. private barrels a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I've definitely been more relaxed on the special releases because it's just so difficult here that it's just like. I'm not going to pull a Kenny and camp out all night. I just can't do it. <laughs> I'm okay with missing out on it until I see him get a bottle and I'm like, damn it. I know I should have gone. <laughs> yeah. It, do- it doesn't matter. You come over here and open the fucking bottles yeah. anyway. So, yeah, we opened three yesterday. <laughs> Got to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. We, we ended up opening that, that Al Young Four Roses bottle and it was, it is uh, special. It was actually, you, the you best. guys opened it? Yeah. It was the best yeah. of the three that we opened um, for sure. Yeah. One so bad. So, um, yeah. So, at least for me, uh, just kind of like my buying habits, uh, I'm amping up. Uh, so, I should have I should have just been doing this two three years ago and just been buying shit left and right. Uh, listen, this is a this is a regrettable moment. I mean, I remember 2014, just picking up stags. Just GTS is just everywhere, right? I probably had like eight of them, and uh, it was also the same year that I ended up getting like five or six Pappy 20s. And I was like, okay, well, I'll sell a few, make up the cost, and I'll just do it again next year. Like, it'll be easy, right? Nope, completely gone. So I should have I should have held on to everything back then, but right now I'm kind of in a stage where uh, you kind of see the things as, you can see some of these as being investments uh, totally, because uh, that's mean this shit, some of this is more, uh, more valuable than currency uh, at this point. So if I could trade it for Bitcoin, we'll, we'll see what happens there too. But um, <laughs> you just need to hit some more ransomware, and then uh, you'll be good with Bitcoin. Yeah, but I mean, at least for me, like I'm I'm on a on a pretty big buying spree uh, where I'll I'm just kind of like in an acquisition mode, and I'll acquire and I'll figure out later. Like if I, if I like it, then I'll drink it. If not, then I'll get rid of it. I can gift it. I can do whatever I want with it. Right? Uh, even though, as as somebody had mentioned, uh, seasoned equals mean you're running out of shelf space, which <laughs> Yeah, that's that's definitely happening with me. Um, just don't let my wife know too much. Um, but it's it's definitely a thing where uh, even with that, uh, it was funny. I was actually in, I was in Denver this past week, and I tried uh, I tried to get my wife. We were actually on our way to the airport. And I was like, let's stop by a few liquor stores, and she was like, how about we don't? 
And just <laughs> and she's like, it's all cleared out anyway, Kenny. I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. I was like, well, let's go to one, just one to make sure. And yeah, so like the itch is still there for me, um, but it's it's definitely getting tougher and tougher. Uh, so yeah, ended up empty-handed. Physical space has has slowed down our hunt. It's literally physical space. Wait till my next blog article because that actually covers some of that. Carrie, do you lift those weights behind you? Uh, I did today, bro. (laughs) (laughs) That's what intimidated the people on the tennis match. They're like, oh, geez. (laughs) Carrie's been working out. We don't want to play him. (laughs) To play a good clothes hanger. (laughs) I got some bourbon over there. All right. So let's go ahead and we'll wrap this up. So uh, again, uh, fellas, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, Once again, you know, for anybody that is listening to this or anybody that is on the live chat, uh, you probably heard some. Whoa, it was on this laptop. (laughs) This is, this is uncut and unfiltered people. So uh, make sure you join us. This is happening about once every three weeks is usually cadence. We do it. Uh, So make sure you join us for the next one, but I want to let everybody go around the horn one more time. Somebody, uh, where you vlog at, um, and uh, all that good stuff. Anybody can jump off. I'll start it off. Okay. Go. Blake from Uh, Find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. They're all slightly different, but if you just search for B O U R B O N R, you'll find uh, whatever social media channel you're on, even Tumblr. I don't Whoa. put a whole lot on Tumblr, <laughs> but Instagram Whoa. gives me the option to post directly to Tumblr. So, what's your MySpace page? Why not? That's what I was going for. <laughs> Add me on MySpace, Friendster, and uh, <laughs> AIM. So, but uh, one thing I want to throw out here: you also have like a Bourbon or Pro membership too, right? Like, so make I do. People, so make people so, make people aware about that too. Yeah. So that that's. Um, I won't give away too much. Still working on that one, um, but do have the Bermuder Pro, which gets you in on all the uh, private picks that we do, as well as some other retailer discounts and some other cool stuff we have going. So more info to that coming in the next month or so. But um, yeah, a lot of cool stuff coming with that. Is that different than you had a, didn't you have something like that already? Or is this a new thing you're rolling out? Yeah, no, it's the same program, um, just with more, more stuff involved. Um, more bourbon and, R. Uh, yeah. <laughs> more R. More R's on the bourbon. <laughs> Less <bourbon> E. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is Carrie from Suburbia, S-E-B-O-U-R-B-I-A. I do not have a program, but I do take money. So uh, <laughs> if you want to take on me, I'll send you my address. You can help support the hobby that I have, and I will send you some of Nick's samples when uh, if you support me through uh, Carry On. <laughs> carry On, there you go. Carry, carry On. And um, follow me because I have some really good blog articles coming up pretty soon, and I'm going to post them on Bourbon R first. So you should if, definitely join If they in. aren't posted by the next roundtable, Carrie passes out free samples to everyone. I, I think we should have some kind of bet. Every live listener. I can't tell you how many times I go to suburbia and um, bourbon gamers not doing anything. Last post was in August 2014. No, that's not true. I do I just, it takes time to develop material. I just don't write bull crap. All right. So it takes time. Made up what was that post? Didn't you do a post on like what is bourbon? And, and and you. Yes, that's uh, good. I had a great beginner's that post. That was a that was a fantastic post. I remember that. 
Yeah, so big long thing about an intro to bourbon. Bourbon yeah, intro to bourbon. Yeah, bourbon one hundred and one. Yep. If you haven't read it, go check it out. That was fantastic. Carrie, you're just going to pick between tennis or bourbon or suburbia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to stop doing all this activity stuff. This like sports. You're, and, you're spread too thin. Shape and drinking water. Or other, I don't know if y'all know this, but I I did drink some bourbon like during the- a little bit of that. <laughs> you have to peer pressure. <laughs> well, I'm Nick from BreakingBourbon.com. Uh, find us on social media, same handle. It's all Breaking Bourbon, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, support us. Check us out on Patreon, also Breaking Bourbon. Uh, we've got some, I, th- I think the coolest thing we're doing is every time we do a release calendar update, we're sending out an email. So I know last month we sent out one huge email. There was a ton of updates. And then there were a couple that were, you know, an email each day for a couple of days in a row. So that changes throughout the year, fall time, that gets really heavy. So it's just a way if you really want to stay up on, you know, what's going on with new releases, we try to keep that as updated as possible. So check it out. Uh, you know, if you can find in your heart, support us. We're trying to do more with Breaking Bourbon. We got a lot of ideas. So we're really churning what we can do. Probably spending way too much time. I'm sure our wives would, would say we spend way too much time on it. So, uh, yeah, check us out. Yep, and I'm uh, I'm Brian from Sipping Corn, and if everyone could tweet that they would buy a book next year, that would be helpful in my negotiations. <laughs> yep. Uh, so you can find me at uh, at Sipping Corn and at Sipping Corn Block. Get reviews and legal history, and again, stay tuned for that book in 2018. We're have to make us some like some hashtag to make it trending or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, that'd yeah. be great. Like Brian, Brian, yeah, sipping corn lives matter or something like that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> sipping lives matter. Yeah. I like it. Hashtag real news. So, uh, fellas, want to say yep. thank you again for joining the podcast. Uh, so, this is Kenny, of course. I didn't even mention my name at the very beginning, uh, but I'll let Ryan close it out. All right, thanks, guys, for doing this. I always, this is always a good time. And there's Carrie's dog. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this is always a great time. Good, good talks, good discussions. I hope can. I'm looking forward to next time. So, uh, if you guys have any show suggestions, feedback, please let us know. And I guess you can find us Bourbon Pursuit on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Patreon as well. And uh, Kenny, you got anything else? No, that's right. it. Yeah, make sure. Make sure. Right. I, I gotta say, make sure everybody go to the Facebook page because we're putting all of our bloopers oh, yeah. and unedited content all through there. So even bloopers from the last round table are showing up, uh, like probably tomorrow or next week. So yeah, you can you can actually get uh see all the things that you know if you're not paying attention here on live, then you can actually go see some of the things that happen <laughs> after. Kenny, Kenny actually uh, ships stuff. He publishes and ships. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually uh, doing a fundraiser to find out if Eric is actually real. So if anyone's <laughs> to that. Hashtag who is Eric? Can we call him Eric until we actually confirm this? Because I just feel like it's not real. Actually, my, my co-author, uh, Brian's going to be on the podcast. <laughs> start writing it's, well, you guys didn't hear about that. The last evolution of a bourbon drinker is you make up friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you have them write stuff for you. It's like Ghost Mark Twain had 25 different aliases or something. Yeah, it's very similar. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and close it out. Thanks again, and we will see you all next week. Mm-hmm.